SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. From Las Vegas, it's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Welcome to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, The Sports Grid, a radio network. On today's show, I'm going to be talking college football with Kenny White. I mean, the guy's a legend here in Las Vegas, and legitimately so. You know, his dad was one of the first, I think it was the first odds maker, like the first multi-book odds maker. The start of the service, Las Vegas sports consultants and Kenny White. Uh, has been handicapping college football basically uh, since he was knee-high to a grasshopper. He grew up with it, and he knows it as well as anyone. So I'm excited to bring Kenny in today. Kenny is going to give us a bet-on team and or a bet-against team from every single conference. So we'll be able to take advantage of his hard work, research, and knowledge over the course of the next hour. But before we get into Kenny, I want to talk about one area where recreational bettors have a legitimate edge in how they see things versus the wise guys. And it's coming into play right now in baseball season. It'll come into play in the NBA as well, or basketball season. Not as much in football season, but there are options and opportunities for this scenario. And that's the scenario. Where do recreational bettors have a legit, legit edge in how they see things versus the wise guys? Real simple. Riding streaks. In particular, at this time of the year in Major League Baseball, riding streaks, betting against bad teams. And there's plenty of bad teams to bet about right now. There really are to bet against, I should say, right now. You have the Orioles in free fall. You have the Marlins in free fall. You have the Pikes in free fall. You have the Rangers having a rough time uh, right now. You have the Cubs having a rough time right now. When you're talking about this time of the year in MLB, and really it starts a little bit earlier. You can start betting some of these streaks, particularly against bad teams, you know, the summer months, June, July, and August. So there's still a couple of weeks left. Things do change in September, for sure. A lot of the quote-unquote dead teams, they get a little bit more life following the call-ups in September, and their opponents aren't always as focused, and they brought their own call-ups in. So sometimes... Many of these streaks tend to end in the final month of the campaign, but the midsummer months, fading the bottom feeders. It's something that the casual better see. They say, hey, the Orioles suck. Let's bet against the Orioles again tonight. And they'll do it today, and they'll do it tomorrow, and they'll do it the next day, and it pays off. Obviously, Baltimore just lost, what, 15 games in a row by multi-run margins. So it's not like that's been a bad strategy. It's a profitable strategy. To ride these streaks, betting against the teams in free fall. To lay a run and a half, betting against the teams in free fall. But the wise guys, the sharp money, they have a hard time doing this. Because most of their approach is statistical-based approach. And when you're talking about season-long stats and longer-term stats, the falling off the cliff that happens every year in MLB after the All-Star break, I'm telling you. You know, August is favorite time in baseball. 
And the wise guys don't like those favorites as much. They certainly don't ride these streaks. Each day they're like, well, where's the value? Oh, it's plus $3, and it should only be plus 240 on this one. We better get a bet in on the Baltimore Orioles. Happens every day, literally every day, every week, every month, every year. So this is one area with a casual better who isn't focused on what Baltimore was doing in April and doesn't care what the Rangers look like in May and isn't looking at the long-term approach, saying, this is a bottom feeder, let's fade them until they prove otherwise. Look, the NBA schedule just came out yesterday. All right? And it's the same story in the NBA. Boy, NBA, I think there's longer dead periods, really. You know, season starts in October. By about the beginning of December, the bad teams know they're really bad. (laughs) And you can go December, January, February, March, good four months of betting against bottom feeders in the NBA and winning a high percentage of those wagers. Now, beginning of the season, not as easy to do. The end of the season, the dead teams start to get some life. They see the writing on the wall. Something's going to change. Hey, we get to go on vacation in a couple weeks. It doesn't always play out at the beginning or the end. But that mid-season where the bad teams aren't putting in the effort and they're going into every game with a negative mentality, I'm telling you, the casual better sees that better than the wise guys. And it's something that you guys out there most assuredly can take advantage of. Now, it doesn't work quite as well during football season. Football season, you got to buy low on decent teams, sell high on overvalued squads that have gotten off to decent starts. But the strategy is still the same. There's room mid-season fading bottom feeders in the NFL, in college football. You know, And again, this is a great October strategy for football. You know, teams come out in September, they're all pumped up, they're excited, and then about a month in, they're like, ooh, this isn't going like we thought it was going to go. It's going to get ugly. And that's the time of year. October, I'm telling you, there are Octobers in the NFL where the wise guys get clobbered and the casual bettors clean up. October is the one month of the year. You can count on it. One or two Sundays in October, the books are going to get clocked. They're going to get cleaned up because the casual bettors are seeing the bad teams as what they are before the wise guys do. And that's one edge that doesn't change, and it's a cross sport. So look for it, take advantage of it, and be aware. <laughs> we'll have our opportunities to fade the bad teams, football, baseball, and basketball before this season through. Kenny White coming up next here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Point in the show where I've got to bring in my guest. I have to. I want to. It's time to talk to Kenny White, veteran 
Las, <laughs> legendary and veteran Las Vegas, Las Vegas odds maker. And now, uh, obviously, Kenny on the other side of the counter. He's helping us to help you beat the books this football season. At K Whitey Vegas on Twitter. Kenny, welcome back to the program. Yeah, easy for you to say, huh, Teddy? All that you had to say about me, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, you know what? I've, I've never been more involved in social media these days. I'm amazed. I'm learning about it. I'm learning how it works, and I'm amazed how it works. And, you know, what? it's fun to see how many followers you can get. And it's kind of fun, too, to see how many bashers you can get. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no shortage. And, of course, you're welcome to bash Kenny White if you want, but you're bashing a guy who literally and legitimately – I mean, your dad was a legendary odds maker here in Vegas. You grew up with this stuff. You are, when it comes to betting in your blood, <laughs> and in particular, college football betting in your blood. Uh, I, I don't know there's many like you, Kenny. Um, so, for what it's worth, when it comes to college football, there aren't many guys who I'm interested in what they have to say, and you're one of them. So, uh, for whatever that's worth. and uh, Maybe refresh our audience uh, who didn't listen to an earlier show. Let them know about your background and how you've gotten to be where you are uh, here in Las Vegas. Yeah, thanks, Teddy. It's an amazing run. Uh, my dad was a, was a loved sports betting, uh, moved the family from New Jersey to Miami. Uh, he ended up getting stiffed by a bookmaker and said, that'll be the last time that ever happens. I'm moving to Vegas. And he moved the family to Vegas in 1968, uh, started working in the sports book industry, Del Mar Racing Sportsbook in the North Las Vegas. Uh, he ran a couple books downtown and then decided to go on his own. Uh, 1972, he published his first college magazine, 73 and 74. I was old enough to, to help uh, collate them around the ping pong table. 77, <laughs> he skipped a couple years and 77, he put out his best magazine yet. And I, I typed the magazine from beginning to end. Uh, Notre Dame, he predicted to win the national championship. This was in May. They end up winning the national championship. I was hooked. Um, I went to college, played college baseball, played a little bit of minor league baseball. But when that when that didn't work, um, I, I, I went, moved into the sportsbook industry. And I was actually working in the sportsbook industry while I was playing minor league baseball. Um, but at 24, ran the Fremont Hotel for two years, their sportsbook, and then uh, started my own odds-making company and started making the, own bet, own, the uh, opening betting line for the Stardust. Uh, back way back way in 1987, and then uh, bought Las Vegas Sports Consultants um, in about 1999, I think it was somewhere around there, 2000, and uh, ran that till uh, was bought out by uh, Canner Gaming, and uh, now yeah, since that time now I'm on the other other side of the counter helping out the betters. Clearly, uh, Kenny White, someone that knows something about college football, <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. All right, we're talking about a guy who is making the magazine. Uh, with his dad and collating around the ping pong table uh, when he was a single digit age. It talks, you know, it speaks volumes. But whatever, I don't want to blow any more smoke up your butt, Kenny. Let's get into it. Because I'm going to anticipate, I'm sure that it's not all of them, but many of our listeners have done limited college football work so far. What do you have in terms of advice for someone who's just starting their college football work right now? here in late August. Is there a way they can get up to speed fairly quickly? Yeah, I, well, uh, very easy. Just buy my magazine, Teddy. I got and I got enough smoke in, in me now, so don't blow anymore. Because um, I start thinking you'll see smoke out of my ears, ears and everywhere else. Um, 
You know, I, I always tell people the only way you can beat any sport is to have a solid power rating and then have a feel for that team and that power rating. I'll give you an example. We all know how good the Kansas City Chiefs are. We know they're yes. one of the top two or three teams in the NFL. So if you come up with a power rating that they're eight, nine, ten points better than the average team, let's say, and they, they open up the first week against Jacksonville, and they're a 17-point favorite, and they win by six. Well, any computer model is going to knock their rating down from a 110 to a 108, and it's going to raise up Jacksonville two points. We all know that there's fluky games. I'm not adjusting the Chiefs. They won the game. They did what they had to do. They may not have had the continuity that they're going to have in week two, three, or four, and... If you drop their rating, you may end up betting against them now instead of betting on them. And then say, vice versa for Jacksonville. No need to raise their rating. Kansas City didn't take that game. Um, you know, they took them lately. So Jacksonville may have got a turnover here or there. You, you know, you got to check the box score, see how the game was played. But that's my example. If I got a feel and I know Kansas City's that good, I'm not going to need be knee-jerk and change my power ratings off of one game and one performance. Um you do have, you do if you don't have a feel though. If you don't have a feel for the team, you've got to make that adjustment. But so the better feel you have, the more winners you're going to have. Sure, you talk about computer modeling versus the art of handicapping, and the computer modelers have certainly, you know, I'm not going to say completely taken over the marketplace. But when you're talking about the influencers in the sports betting world, it's the computer model guys and the syndicates that are funded. <laughs> by those computer models, as opposed to, quote-unquote, the rest of us. Now, let me ask you this. What info matters when it comes to college football off-season prep? If you're saying to someone, hey, you got to cram. You're going to cram this week college football. What should they be looking for? How can they find winners, teams to bet on versus teams to bet against? How can they find over teams versus under teams? What's the info that savvy betters should be looking for right now? Well, I, I always say, you know, the, the ATS records really don't lie because – uh, the line, the line is to make the game even to, for for two teams. So if you're you have a winning ATS record, that means you're overachieving what the Las Vegas line says you should do. So you should always check the coach first. Make sure you got a good coach. Make sure he's an overachiever and his teams do overachieve. Find out where they overachieve if it's home or if it's on the road. Because you know what, if they overachieve on the road, that's a really good coach. His team's well prepared in road games. So I always start with my my preparation for the coach. If I know I got a good coach. When I start rating my players, I may be a little bit more prone to overrate those players a little bit because I want to be on that team during the year. Then make sure you got a good quarterback coming back, an experienced quarterback that is a solid guy. You know he's going to be able to uh, lead his team because, hey, it all starts from the ground up. It's a foundation. Quarterback's the number one guy. And then I always look for you know coaches that they, they like defense, that their teams play defense. You got to look for returning players. I do it a little bit differently. Um, you know, there's many different ways, I guess, you can do returning players. How many games they played or how many games they started. But I like to do snaps and snap counts. Uh, 50 snaps, you get a start. If you have seven or more starts, that would be 350 snaps or more. I, I count you as a returning starter. So my magazine, you'll see teams with 15, 16 returning starters on one side of the ball. Um, I think Texas San Antonio has like 17 on offense and 15 on defense. That's a bunch of returning experience coming back. That doesn't mean they're going to be great because they may not have the same talent level. You know, at Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, they don't need as many returning starters because they're reloading with five-star athletes. 
Sure. So one more question before the break, uh, Kenny. We have just about a minute left. When you're doing your preseason research, how long is that info good for? If a team doesn't look like they're supposed to look in September, do we take all the work that we've done in the offseason and say, hey, this team's not what we thought they were? Um, how long can you rely on that off-season work? Is that you know September only, or can you make money with that all year long? we got about 30 seconds for the break. <laughs> yeah, I'm making adjustments after every game, Teddy. So, uh, again, I'm not going to be knee-jerk in those reactions, but if I have a feel for the team, I won't make a big rea- uh, um, adjustment. But if I don't, I may have to adjust a team to two and a half points the first week. If they play poorly again, I'm going to adjust them again because I don't want to be betting on a team uh, playing that poor. So the preseason work may only last into a couple weeks into the season after all those adjustments. Yeah, I've always found, you know, the, the work I do over the summer for college football and the NFL both, I'm not using it all that much after September ends. We'll have more with Kenny White. We're going to talk about bet on teams and bet against teams, conference by conference, after the break. Stay tuned. Coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Breaking news, line changes, and more by following us on Twitter at SportsGrid and at SportsGridTV. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. And you can follow our guest Kenny White on Twitter at KWhiteyVegas. Kenny, enough with the, well, let's talk about the theory. I want some bet on and some bet against teams. I know my audience does as well. And I was debating, should we start with the smaller conferences or start with the bigger conferences? And even though we've gone through them on this show before, I feel like we have to start with the bigger conferences. So I'm looking for a betting opinion. Bet on, bet against, and over, and under. Let's go through. Give me a team from the SEC that you want to talk about. Yeah, well, it's going to be the Mississippi Rebels. Uh, Lane Kiffin, head coach, second year now. I got a chance to put his system to work. in Oxford, he's got a great quarterback in Matt Corral. Matt's uh, a redshirt junior. I think he's the best quarterback in the conference. Uh, 29 touchdown passes last year, 71% completions, and he averaged over 10 yards a pass against SEC defenses. This guy is an NFL quarterback. I think he's a first-rounder. Uh, Mississippi has 14 players back on defense with starting experience. Um, the win total... Uh, I think it was like six and a half, somewhere in that range. I'm looking it up real quick. Mississippi's win total, uh, seven and a half. I'm sorry, it was seven, seven and, a half. and a half. I have I have 8.6 wins. Uh, I think this team could be favored in every single game this year, but one, and that is at Alabama. Obviously, they won't be there. The other one that could be a question mark is maybe a home game to LSU. But now LSU's lost their starting quarterback, so I'm going to stick with it. Mississippi will be favored in 11 of 12 football games this year. Now, it's a Rebels team that 
When you're talking about seven and a half wins, the last time they won more than six games in a season was 2015. That was, what, four coaches ago? Do you worry about the continuity of that program? Um, yeah. Given there's, you know, the, the, the fact they've been mediocre at best in recent seasons. Well, last year was their first year they got back to, to 500 since 2015. So uh, with all the returning players, I think it's just a step up for the program. And again, you know, when you're going to bet a team over, you better make sure you have a good quarterback. And I know Matt Car- Corral is going to be a he's going to be he's a great quarterback. Ten yards a pass in the SEC. That, that's just a tremendous number. Now, you said something back in our last segment that I want to come back to right here because you're like, what I'm looking for teams to bet on, I want the coach that's good, I want the quarterback that's good, I want the defense that's good, which basically you're like limiting yourself to some (laughs) fairly elite teams. Are there ever situations where you're like, yeah, I don't like this coach, but, or I don't like this quarterback, but I'm still going to bet him, or I don't like this defense, but, um, or do you really need all three of those elements to get involved? No, I don't need all three of those. My, my, my stuff, Teddy, I, I, I come up with my power rating, and then I compare that power rating to what the betting board is, and I, I trust my numbers. I trust the process that I go through to, to get that number, and then I trust the process, my adjusting process. So if I have a difference of two and a half points or more, um, I'm making a bet on the game. It may be a 1% bet. If I'm if I'm five or six points off, I might be making a 5% bet on that, on that game, and especially if I have a good feel. And I always put check marks on my sheet every time I feel like I had a good feel for a team. So I know I can go back. I have to write everything down. I can't remember with 130 teams. I can't, re- <laughs> yeah. can't remember all that. So, But when I look at a team and I go look at all those check marks, I feel really solid about this rating today, and I feel really good about this bet I have on them. Yeah, and I, I'm with you on that 100%. In terms of teams that I've got a good read on that I'm winning bets with, those are most assuredly teams that I'm looking to continue betting on or against as the season progresses, whereas the teams you don't have that read on, you maybe tap the brakes on your opinion about that team for a while. SEC, any other team you want to talk about? We have a bet against here, or uh, should we move on to the next one? Yeah, I hate to have a really bet against but a team, but I, I think Florida is going to have a little bit of a down year. Uh, you lose Kyle Trask, good at the NFL. You, you lose Kyle Pitts. Um, big names. I think they've lost several guys off the defense that were contributors. They will reload with some talent, and they do have experience back. But I think this schedule is so daunting. Uh, Alabama at LSU, the Georgia neutral game. Um, Florida State, I think, is going to be improved by the end of the year. They're also at Kentucky and at Missouri, who I think can actually give Florida a little bit of a battle. Those are not gimmies. So I'm thinking they in their, their four toughest games, under nine and a half, they got to win ten games to beat me on this bet. Or even now the number's nine, down to nine. I went under nine and a half early, but now it's down to nine under a quarter. So the number is moving my way. There's not as much value. But I actually, I think there is still, because I only made it seven. But my case is four difficult games. If they split those, the most they could win is ten games if they won every other game. I just don't think that's happening. So tough schedule. I'm, I'm going uh, the team to bet against will be the Florida Gators. Rebels are bet on. Florida's bet against in the SEC. Let's stay down south and look at the ACC. And this is a conference where uh, uh, I believe we talked about NC State a while back. Was that me and you, Kenny? Yes, it was. I'm, stick, I'm sticking my neck out on this one, Teddy. Nobody likes NC State. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very, very surprised. 
I like NC State. Maybe it's because you liked NC State. It's stuck in the back of my mind. But the more work I did on that team this offseason, the more I liked them. I got a bet on them in week one uh, against South Florida. Uh, talk to me about the Wolfpack. Yeah, the, another team with a lot of experience. I have 14 players on offense, 14 on defense. Um, Bailey Hockman was the starting quarterback last year, and he decided to transfer out because he saw how good Devin Leary was. And Devin Leary is going to be a, a, an outstanding quarterback. I think he's got a, another guy that's got NFL potential. I don't think it'll be after this year. He'll play one more year and then get a shot. He's not an early-round pick, but he is a guy that will get a shot to be, you know, have a second-string career in the NFL. Uh, loaded on the offensive line, uh, running back Xavion Knight, 5.5 uh, yards a carry last year. And the team was 8-4. and four. Straight up, eight and four ATS. Uh, the losses were seven po- by seven points at home to Clemson. Actually, no, that's not true. That's what I think they're going to lose this year. Uh, they had two close calls last year. Uh, home against Miami, they lost by three, and in the bowl game, they lost to Kentucky by two. So this is a team that could have been ten and two last year and has everybody back. Uh, I, I really like the situation they're in, and it's it's a fairly. For the ACC, I think they got a fairly easy schedule. And the only three games I think they'll be an underdog in is Clemson at home, at Miami, and then North Carolina late in the season. So NC State is a bet on. I'm telling you what, uh, Kenny, just hearing you talk, I'm getting fired up. You know, I'm <laughs> waiting for next Saturday. There's something about late August where you're just absolutely jonesing for football. And to hear you break some of these teams down, uh, just, you know. And. Football is the only sport that does this for me. It's not like I'm not excited when basketball season starts. I am. It's not like I'm not excited when baseball season starts. I am. But there's something about, like, the preseason work for football that just gets your blood excited. <laughs> it just, uh, it really does. Uh, and and hearing you talk about it, hearing you break these uh, teams down, um, I can't wait. Bet against team from the ACC. Who do we got? I'm going to bet against Louisville this year. Uh, they, they fell on their face last year. Scott Satterfield's second year on the program. They went 4-7. and seven. Uh, They had a lot of returning starters on both sides of the ball. They do again this year, 10 on offense, 11 on deep. But I don't like the schedule. It's awfully tough. Uh, open with Ole Miss, who I really like. Uh, Central Florida they have at home. At Florida State, Virginia, at NC State, uh, Clemson at home. Uh, I, just, I, I don't see them getting to their win total. Uh, their win total at six and a half. I have them at 5.4 wins. Uh, they're right right on the bubble, but they were the one ACC, ACC team that I had under their number, and I did bet under. I really like their quarterback, uh, Malik Cunningham. Used to be Mikhail Cunningham. Um, think he's an NFL guy, but I, I'm, I'm going to have a question mark on Scott Satterfield, whether he's the guy or not for Louisville. Yeah, and I've got uh, my concerns about the Louisville Cardinals' defense this year, a defense that, you know, uh, from a points-per-game standpoint, they were way better last year than they've been. The two previous years, they allowed 44 and 33 points per game, and last year they finished with a 4-7 and seven record, so it wasn't like the defense did them any good. Uh, uh, let's do, uh, let's get into the Big Ten, at least before uh, before the break. we got about two minutes uh, before I got to uh, head to commercial, so let's talk about a bet-on or a bet-against team from the Big Ten Conference. Yeah, I'm going to go with a bet on Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, P.J. Fleck. Love what he did at Western Michigan, and uh, love what he's doing at Minnesota. 11-2 uh, two years ago. He was th- just 3-3 three three last year, but this guy knows how to coach. 
Uh, he can get the job done, and he's got a terrific quarterback in Tanner Morgan. Morgan, his numbers were off sky high in 2019, and that's why this team went 11-2. and Last year, he kind of came back down to earth. I rated him somewhere in the middle. I think I was very conservative on his rating. I think he could even have a much bigger season than this, uh, than he had last year and what, where I rated him at. Uh, ten guys on defense back with starting experience. and uh, The offensive line is what I love. This team will be able to block. I think they could have the number one offensive line in all of college football. They have three NFL players on there. Um, and, and, the, and two of them are six-year seniors. The other two are redshirt seniors. So this is an, the most experienced offensive line by far in NCAA football. We're going to talk Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, American Athletic Conference, Sun Belt, CUSA, Mountain West, and the MAC. I sure hope so. We got a, <laughs> we're going to race through, but we'll get through as many as we can, Kenny. That's the truth of it. Um, when you're doing uh, radio, <laughs> you can only go uh, for the allotted time that you have. So we'll see how many more we can get through. I also want to highlight you talking about Minnesota's offensive line. That's the number one thing I like to look at in the offseason. Yeah, your quarterback, great. Your running back's great. Wide receiver's great. The line can't block. You have nothing. And teams with loaded offensive lines make better money. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We've got extended time today with veteran Las Vegas odds maker and better Kenny White at K Whitey Vegas. And Kenny, before the break, we were talking about the Big Ten. You talked about Minnesota as a bet on team. I love picking your brain for college football. I'm telling you, I'm writing down every single team you're talking about right here, and you will be questioned on them. <laughs> Give me a bet against team for the Big Ten if you have one. Yeah, my, my bet against team is, is going to be Northwestern this year. And, you know, I tell you, I hate to, you know, go against coaches that I really like. And, and Pat, Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald is one of those guys I do love. Uh, 35 and 24 ATS the last five years, uh, winning record. He's really built the Northwestern program up. But in, in the year of year after COVID and the year of sixth, seventh, and fifth year seniors everywhere across the board, uh, the one team that probably has the fewest of those in this conference is Northwestern because they're such a great academic school. So some of these guys decided they're not going to play football or Northwestern didn't want them around. Uh, they have the least amount of returning experience of any team in the conference. Uh, they are breaking in a new quarterback in Ryan Halinski. Um, but I think their returner, Hunter Johnson, is just as good. And, and, and Andrew Marty, another senior is right there in the mix. So, you know, when they say when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. I think this team has three quarterbacks, and they don't have any because all three are about the same. And I don't think anybody's going to get enough reps. And I think with that lack of uh, experience coming back, 
Uh, this will be a year that that offense struggles again, just like they did in 2019. I had a median points per game of just 13 a game in 2019. They could be in that same type of mode. They, this could be a great under team besides a great bet against team. Sure. And, of course, uh, Northwestern under Fitzgerald, very bad favorite, very good underdog. But this year they may be a notch or two down, even from where they've been, uh, given the talent lost this, this past offseason. Let's talk about the Big 12, where Texas and Oklahoma have made the, in my mind, ill-advised decision to move to the SEC, where now they can be mediocre instead of competing for titles. Uh, how does that affect the conference this year, and are either one of those teams on your bet-on or bet-against list for the Big 12? Well, yeah, um, you know, Oklahoma's on my bet-on to win a national championship at plus $7. Uh, they have the talent, <laughs> finally. They, they have the defense. They finally have the defense. We talk about Oklahoma always... Uh, they are a team that we know is going to score a lot of points, uh, but they're going to give up a lot of points. Well, Alex Grinch has come in, and the defense, and I always use median numbers, Teddy, um, tw 30 points a game they, they allowed in 2018 before Alex Grinch. In his first year, he cut that number to 24, and last year he cut it down to 20, and that was all games against Big 12 competition where they didn't have any cupcakes to you know pad that number. And they have 13 uh, returning starters back uh, from that team on defense that have experience. This is a loaded defense, finally. I put their defense in the class of Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama this year. Wow. And they've got a, they've got a, they've got a Heisman Trophy quarterback in Spencer Rattler. He's the favorite. He's not my favorite to win it all. I think Sam Howell should be the favorite. But Spencer Rattler's my second favorite. And he's going to put up ridiculous numbers. Uh, it's going to be a big year for the Sooners this year. I think they have a great chance to win a national championship. Which is something I haven't said about Oklahoma for, i got to say, more than a decade. What about a bet against team from the Big 12? I'm gonna, you know, this, this, this could be a bet against team only because when I sat down to rate this team out, you know, I'm always thinking about the previous years and what they've done. Obviously, I go over the coach first. And this team I've been high on the last two years to win the conference. I had bets on them to win the conference last two years, and that's Iowa State. And they've let me down. Back-to-back -back years, uh, 2019, they went 7-6. and six. Last year, they went 9-3. and three. Uh, They lose the big games. Uh, it's, it's just a, a, a team that I think maybe Matt Campbell has gotten them as far as he can. He's a great coach, and he's a, he's a spread cover guy, 38-25. and 25. And that's why I loved him. And I love their quarterback, Brock Purdy. And he's a senior now. But when it, maybe when I rated this team out, Teddy, maybe I was a little upset that they cost me two years in a row. Um, <laughs> they did not play well. They're 13-12 and 12 ATS. And I was probably on them more of the games they didn't cover than the ones they did. So I didn't rate them as high. I do have them the 19th best team in college football. But when you look at everybody, everybody else's poll, they're in the top 10. So they ended up being my bet against team this year. And again, when you're talking about a team that's had the best back-to-back -back years they've had in a decade, and they go 13-12 and 12 ATS, and this year the markets have them priced even higher, you can understand, even if Iowa State has a good year, it doesn't mean they're going to make money for their backers. Let's go out to the West Coast, where we both live, Kenny, and uh, talk about the Pac-12, a conference. I mean, what do we say about this conference? It's, it's been pretty down uh, in recent years. This year looks to be a notch or two better. You got a bet on or a bet against team to talk about here. 
Yeah, I've got a, a, I got both. Um, I, I wrote down because I got your notes here, and I said I better be well prepared for Teddy. Um, I bet on you know, and, and the Pac-12 has been down. I am hoping that Nil will be able to bring back some of these power teams and uh, really get some of these California kids to stay home and stay in the Pac-12. Uh, Washington is going to be my bet on team. Uh, Jimmy Lake got his feet wet last year. Um, I, I love his defense, but it's more Chris Peterson. Than anything, Chris Peterson recruited all these players. Uh, he helped Jimmy Lake recruit more players last year because Chris Peterson's still on board. So they they have they have they have great talent. They have a lot of starting experience. Um, I, I like Patrick O'Brien, the six-year senior transferred in from Colorado State. I think he beats out Dylan Morris in the battle, and O'Brien becomes the starter. We'll see. Uh, but even if Morris does. Uh, I think he can he can handle the job because it's going to be about defense, and I think Washington's defense is the best defense in the Pac-12. So I I think they go over their win total at nine, and I think they win the Pac-12. Yeah, my Michigan Wolverines are about to find out what that defense looks like in week two of the campaign. We had a bet against team from uh, the Pac-12. I know a lot of people I've talked to don't like the Arizona Wildcats this year. Yeah, well, they're yeah they're way down. Um, I, I I can't pick on them. They're I think they went two wins, maybe that total. Uh, yeah. Arizona two and a half. I am at two point two. You know when that when I make my numbers and I finish, I don't look at anything but my stuff. And when I make a team two point two, I think oh boy, I'm probably gonna have an under bet there. And it makes me feel really good when the number comes out two and a half. Another team that made me feel really good when I finished my numbers was Stanford because when I ra- I made them three point nine wins, I said oh no. I'm going to have an underbet against David Shaw and Stanford. And I look in the numbers four, and I thought, that makes me feel really good about every other number that I make when I know that I'm right on what the betting line was on those type of teams. So Washington State is going to be my team to go under this year. Six wins is what it's, what's expected. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's a Nick Rolovich team now. He's had one year. He went one and three with this group last year. Um, he's got the least amount of returning experience from any team in the Pac-12. Brings in a transfer quarterback in Jarrett Garitano from Tennessee. Uh, I'm not very high on, on Garitano. Uh, and uh, this offensive line only returns one starter. Uh, they also come back from a, you know, a, a, they're trying to switch from a Mike Leach's program to the run-and-shoot pistol. There are differences. And, you know, I haven't seen Nick Rolovich cover many spreads in his career. So I got question marks on him. Whether he's a good coach or not, just looking up his record, 22 and 34 ATS. So, you know, when I see that and I start to rate a team out, I'm not going to get a high rating. And then when I only have seven offensive players and eight on defense, those are low numbers. Because, again, I talk snaps, not returning starters. Those are low numbers for, for what a college team should have in returning players. And, again, the, Kenny's methodology is definitely worth noting here. All right. Starts as they're counted by some <laughs> uh, places, are not, you know, starts are not the same when you look at the permutations of how it's calculated from one site to another, from one handicapper to another. And Kenny talking about, hey, if you played 50 snaps, it's as good as a start. That an interesting and potentially profitable way to analyze and handicap returning talent. Well, Kenny, Kenny let me ask I, you this. Yeah, I, I sure. see a lot of, a lot of people... There'll be, a, there'll be a player, let's say he started in 2019 and played all 12 games and then got injured or opted out last year, and now he's back this year. They won't count him as a returning starter because he didn't play last year. But shouldn't that guy be a returning starter? 
Yeah, you should. I, I, I like your methodology. I don't, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you. I like it. Yeah. It's about how many snaps this guy's played on the field, not, you know, in terms of how much experience he has, not whether he was the actual starter on the field for the uh, any given particular game. If a guy's got the game experience, he is a moral equivalent of a starter, even if that game experience comes from two years ago. Kenny, we've got a couple minutes left, and I do want to touch on the smaller conferences, but before I do that, I've got to give you a chance to promote. Promote your Twitter, talk about your magazine, talk about your service. Yeah, hey, thanks, Teddy, and thank you for having me today. Uh, KennyWhiteSports.com is the website. Uh, you can get the magazines there right now. Um, college, 9,000 player power ratings, uh, power rating on every team. So if you haven't done your homework, I've done it for you. The magazine is a workbook. It's meant to write in. It's meant to change the ratings. If you don't like my rating, make a small change, like two, two and a half points. Don't make a knee-jerk change, but make a, you know, a change that you like. Watch the games, make the changes. And you know what? You can follow along with me at, at KennyWhiteSports.com. We will have updated power ratings and projections uh, there on the site available for purchase at a monthly rate. Uh, you get both the NFL and college in that package. But also I got the NFL magazine out. Uh, projected final scores in every game for every college and every NFL game. So all the information you'll ever need to have a successful betting season. Good stuff from Kenny White. Kenny, we got about two minutes left, and we have all the mid-major conferences to talk about. So I'm, gonna let you, I'm just going to hand the mic to you. Give me a team you want to highlight as a bet on. Give me a team you want to highlight as a bet against. Yeah, I'll give you uh, – let's go to the uh, Mountain West Conference – um, I really like San Diego State this year. Yeah, they're, they're playing basically on a neutral site in Carson, California. They did it last year, so they got some experience doing it at least now. I only gave one point for their home field. I am winning 8.8 games, and I think Brady Hoke in his second year has a great offensive line and four really solid running backs and a really top-notch defense. Uh, so San Diego State is my team. I like to win the Mountain West Conference at 15-1. to and I think that's because my bet against team is going to be Boise State this year. Uh, Chris Peterson left. Uh, he is out. Brian Harrison's out. And now Andy Avalos is in, first time ever head coach. Uh, I think the program slipped a little bit last year going 5-2. and two. They were 3-4 and four ATS. Uh, they're still very good, but I don't believe they're on the level that they used to be under Chris Peterson and uh, Brian Harrison. So that Boise State will be my bet against. Mid-American Conference, I'll give you two real quick. Western Michigan is my bet on. Uh, I think they got great talent. Their head coach, uh, Tim Lester, was a quarterback coach. Uh, does great with quarterbacks, and he has a good one, one of the top three in the conference, uh, Ellaby. Uh, the defense has 11 guys back on offense. They had a winning year last year, 4-2. and two. Um, I think they're primed to, for, to, to possibly win this conference. Buffalo is the best team in the conference, but they have a new coach who's never been a head coach before. New systems, that may hurt them. Ohio U is my bet against team. Uh, Frank Solich finally decided to step down. And this is one of my favorite angles uh, in, in all the sports. When the head guy steps down and the assistant who's been there forever steps in, it is impossible to be to turn yeah, from the okay. good cop to the bad cop. So That's what happened to Ohio. Solich? Uh, when that, that happened to him in Nebraska? <laughs> sure did. Yeah. Sure did. He, he Kenny was, White, he was great good, stuff. Good really appreciate you having on, having having you on today. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Teddy. Pleasure having me on. Look at them yo-yos. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Stretch up, cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, The Sports Grid, a radio network. And obviously, thoroughly enjoyed my time with Kenny White. Again, if you're looking for bet on teams, you talk about Ole Miss, NC State, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Washington, San Diego State, and Western Michigan. Bet against teams Florida, Louisville, Northwestern, Iowa State, Washington State, Boise, and Ohio U. So we got through seven conferences with Kenny, and there's your breakdown of the teams he likes and the teams he doesn't like. Now, he did talk about it from a season win perspective, not from a point spread perspective, but the reality is that if you're betting on teams to lose games, you're likely to bet on them to lose ATS as well. I want to give you a week zero betting opinion in college football, and this is a team I'm going to talk about betting on UCLA. In their opener, betting number 302. This is 1230 here on the Pacific Coast. For you back east, it'll be 330 next Saturday, where UCLA is taking on Hawaii as 17-point favorites as we speak. And look, there's a lot. And I, I don't think UCLA is going to make us money all year. But I like the Bruins in a step-down-in-class game at home where their speed, both their speed of play and their team speed is going to give their opponent all kinds of problems. Hawaii, just 3-8 and eight against the spread in road non-conference games, their last 11, and they're getting blown out. The last seven road losses coming by 24, 24, 21, 22, 32, 30, and 26. Todd Graham's team, they did go 5-4 and four last year, and they bring back a whole lot of returning talent on the defensive side of the football, but UCLA is going to play very fast under Chip Kelly. I don't care how much returning talent Hawaii has on the defensive side of the ball. I think they're going to have problems against the Bruins. And I don't know how many more chances I'm going to be going to get to bet on UCLA. They're not a team that I'm looking to bet on in general. But for this game on opening day, I'm going to take Hawaii to the woodshed. UCLA minus 17. And there you have it. Best of luck. Thanks for listening.